Well, hello. It's nice to have you back to the second episode in Advocacy in Court, Preparation and Performance. This episode focuses upon stress. Some call it performance anxiety. Some call it the adrenaline rush that one gets before uttering the first words in a courtroom. But by whatever name you've heard it called by others, and whatever you call it for yourself, including simply fear, it is a critical component of how you develop as an advocate and what skill set you'll be able to draw upon in a moment when the exceptional is required. Now everybody understands that whatever the case you're preparing and running, whether it's civil or criminal, first instance or appeal, your advocacy skill set requires that you're proficient in some basic skills, the sorts of skills about questioning your own witnesses and others, making applications written and spoken that are the building blocks of everyday advocacy. And that on top of those skills, you're able to develop and to use a personal style that reflects your mastery of those skills. Now, above all else, the skills that you acquire and the style that you develop need to become so set in your brain that they'll come to mind without conscious thought at any point when you need them. As will be seen during these podcast episodes, you're striving for the ability to bring out the right question and the right remark as though it is the most natural thing in the world at the moment when it's uttered. However, there's very little that is natural about it. Sure, there are some advocates who have a natural talent, just as there are some amongst us who have a talent for music, for art, for sport, for mathematics, for other forms of creativity. But to that talent must be added experience, often a great deal of experience. And a part of that experience is not just the use of the standard advocacy skills, but it is also the experience by which one comes to know oneself, one's strengths and one's weaknesses. When we talk about the experience that comes from asking questions in trial after trial, making submissions in case after case, we're talking about experience which is essential. Another aspect of that essential experience is that one learns to know thyself, to know the feelings and the bodily reactions that one has before and during every court case. It is normal to feel anxiety and stress about how one is going to perform in a courtroom. So normal that to ignore it is to be foolish because the normalcy of it is is that it will continue with you throughout your career. It's never going to go away. Some 20 years ago, I and a sports psychologist administered a short survey 
to over 100 competent, experienced advocates with a dozen or more years of day-by-day experience in the courts. What we found was that the reactions that they'd had as a beginner continued for as long as they continued to practice. There is no reason for you to expect that you'll be any different. What you have now will will be what you always will be. So the issue is how to best manage it and to mask it. So what steps can you take to mask and manage your anxiety? Let's look first at the most common signs that an advocate is under stress. First, that the voice of the speaker gets much quicker than it usually is, and that the pitch of the voice also goes up a little. Another one is is that there'll be a redness around parts of the mouth or the ears. Yet another, that people who are normally quite stable when talking to their friends and their colleagues shuffle and have a lot of body movement, which is very distracting. Some of us, prior to appearing in court, will always have nausea, and some of us will always have diarrhoea. Fortunately, there are some straightforward ways of masking and managing your anxiety. All that they require is that you develop habits that become almost automatic. First of all, that if you know that you're going to feel sick or that you're going to have diarrhoea, that you make a point of building the time to deal with those conditions into the time when you arrive at court so that you're unhurried in managing them. Likewise, if you know that you're the kind of person who hates idle chit-chat with clients, instructing solicitors or other witnesses before you go into court, then let them know that you're simply not available in those minutes before you go into the courtroom because you are busy focusing on how to do the best possible job for them. That's an explanation that they will appreciate. So soon as you are sitting at the bar table, make sure that you get yourself a half glass of water, that you can position such a way that you can reach it easily and sip whenever you need to think a little before saying anything within the courtroom. Turning now to your voice speed, you know that you're one of those people who tends to speak too quickly as soon as you are stressed, then place into your notes on the lectern or wherever you have those notes a sheet of paper on which is written the word slow or something similar in very large type such that it's put between the pages repeatedly, giving you a visual reminder to keep your voice speed under control. Let's now look at how practice toe movement will help your advocacy. Your aim is to synchronise your voice speed with your toe speed. Now here's how to do it. Put both your feet on the ground and have them apart 
Not too much, but enough that you can comfortably move all your toes up and down. Then, start moving them up and down, and as you do so, talk aloud with whatever gibberish you like, and talk in such a way that you can feel that the toe speed and the voice speed is synchronised. Then vary it. Move your toes more quickly, speak more quickly, slow your toes down and speak more slowly. Now if you do this and you practice it before you go into court, you will find when sitting at the bar table that if you start moving your toes before you have got up to start to talk, that you won't rush when you're addressing the court or asking questions of your witness. But it's not just your voice speed which will sound so much better. You will look so much more stable. Because you have moved all of your physical movement from your upper body down into your toes, everything above your waist will look rock solid. Now, will you feel less stressed? No. You'll be just as stressed as you always were. But, and this is the vital difference, the people who are observing you will think that you are totally in control. And that is a huge plus for any form of public address. In this episode, I have dealt with the stress that you bring into a courtroom as part of your basic psyche. Sadly, the experience of being in a courtroom can bring additional stresses with which you, as an advocate, have to deal on the run in real time. In the next episode, that's episode three, we get to look at three such stressful situations. The first is when a witness that you've thought is going to perform very well falls apart during your questioning of them. The second is how you respond to prejudice when it shows itself in the courtroom. And third is what can you do when you're being bullied, either by an opponent or by a judicial officer. I do hope that you'll listen in again. Until then, bye for now.